0: How many of us ask questions and are afraid of the answers? How many of us choose to not question because we're afraid of the answer? These are questions that I ask myself daily. Today, I'm joined by my guest, AJ Long, who has found the answers to his questions through music.
1: You know, I'm having, like, suicidal thought every night. I'm having a suicidal
0: thought every morning. How much fucking worse can I get? I am Dakota Patterson, and this is the Fresh Brewed Coffee Podcast. The Fresh Brewed Coffee Podcast is brought to you by the team of VX and Big Heads Media. On this podcast, I'll be talking about life and the many paths it takes us down as individuals and how we collectively meet as a society. Sometimes I'll be sitting down with the guests who will bring fresh perspectives that we can all learn from. My hope is to create a space for all to be vulnerable and human. With that being said, it's brewing time. (music) Hello, and welcome back to the Fresh Brew Coffee podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Patterson, Champ VX on all socials. I do have a Twitter and Instagram for the podcast and that's fb coffee pod. Once again, that's f be Coffee pot Before I jump to today's episode, I'd like to give a shout out to poor Cleveland. They are Cleveland's first international multi coffee bar. They are absolutely my favorite place to get coffee. They serve what I consider the best coffee that the industry has to offer. But you do not need to take my word for it. You can go to their website, poorcleveland.com They have different subscriptions up to one month, three months, six months, and a year. Once again, they are my favorite place to pick up coffee. But you do not have to take my word for it. So go ahead to their website and see for yourself. Okay, everyone, today joining me on the Fresh Brew Coffee Podcast is engineer, creator, artist, and musician, AJ Long, also known as Source.
1: Hello, how's it going? Hope everybody's having a lovely day. <laughs> At nine
0: twelve a.m.? It's quite early, if you ask me. Yes, I, I prefer to do it early. I mean, I guess it's better. I think when we first wake up, it allows us to have like our genuine thoughts. There's, they aren't like plagued or your mood's not dent by society, etc. Yeah. So that's why I always prefer to do it in the morning. Sorry for waking you up. <laughs> <It's hot>. <laughs> <laughs> not affected by the day at all. So So how I always start these things off is I always ask, how are you doing? And that's not like a small taco. Oh, how are you? But I mean a genuine, how are you doing? today specifically I'm wonderful I
1: was up I was telling I was telling Coda when I walked in this morning that I was up till you know five in the morning last night working on my working on my album I finally got it uh placed in its order where every song should be and laid out exactly how I wanted to tell the perfect story or the story that I wanted to tell so I'm definitely feeling good about that outside of that school started up i'm a i'm a senior at kent state uh i guess that's cool (laughs) but i'm doing pretty well i I don't have a lot to complain about at the moment um you know life comes in waves so we'll see uh the rest of the day plays out
0: (laughs) um how are they starting school? Are, they, are you guys all like going on campus? Or is oh no,
1: I'm, I'm online. It's 100 online. online. I my roommate in has in person classes, but I bet that doesn't last.
0: Yeah, more well, than
1: a couple of weeks.
0: I would assume that would be pretty scary. Oh yeah, lot, he
1: doesn't like it. Yeah, a lot it. of
0: places that's been opening up. A lot of colleges they've been opening up, and then the, spiking it, cases. Absolutely. And, yeah,
1: so. he the uh he's in engineering. I think it's. Mechanical engineering, maybe. Whatever it is, it's a lab class that he can't really do. You know, you got to work with 3D printing and 3D objects and uh, drawing out buildings on programs and then, you know, making them little, uh, what are those called? Hmm. Um, scale to size projects. You know, where you make a smaller one and.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I forget was what like, it's called. I was like, what? I don't, but, know, I don't know any terminology for anything. I just I just do shit. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's literally this is my motto. I just I just do shit. Yeah, well, that's when I started engineering. People
1: were like, "Well, how do you do it?" And I was like, "Well, I just kind of got on the program and started clicking things." Yep. And they were like, "Well, why, why that?" I don't know. It's well, just, it just kind of worked. Fell in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny.
0: Is that a new tattoo? Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. What yeah. did I say?
1: No one fights alone. Oh. It's a it's like wristband. It's like this. This, They're all together. This shirt and... Uh, and Can you talk thing. to me about that? Yeah. I actually have another one right here on my on my left side of my ribs. It says, time is the most precious currency we have. So, long, long ago, young AJ. When I was like 12, 12, 13. Oh, yeah. That's young. Oh, yeah. I was real young. <laughs> I met... Um, this dude, his name was Matt Kluka. My mom worked at Brewster's Ice Cream, and back where I'm from in Beaver Falls. And he was dating the owner's daughter. So the owner of Brewster's. Okay. He was dating her daughter. Regardless of that situation, he was just a really, really cool guy. He was young. He was like 30 at the time, 31 at the time. So I was young. He was young, and you know, he just kind of clicked, right. to say the least. And I hadn't known at the time, but he had gotten cancer, which wow. was he had a leiomyosarcoma. sarcoma. I don't know how you say that, leiomyosarcoma, sarcoma. And it was in his, in his vein or, or something in his leg. And they caught it early, but it's such a rare cancer, like really rare, pretty right. bad. They caught it early and they were treating him for a long time, three, four years they treated him. That whole process you know we were close whatever um, and then it was cancer free for a while like a year or two He's, mm-hmm. and he has a kid he has a son so he started you know hanging out with his son a lot more and you know he, him and the, the owner's daughter they broke up he had a new girlfriend they were you know on the path to mm-hmm. the next stage of life yeah um, and his cancer came back and this time it was spread lungs liver and all that good stuff so at that point you know he was going through all the chemo was still trying to work out um, um really tough 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 process time right. for him i can imagine really hard on his really really hard on his kid and you know at this point me and matt were i mean you can't really get much closer than that hmm so we were a lot, a lot closer at that time. And I was really close to the sun because I was trying to, you know, get him through that process. Right. Um, but then kept spreading, got worse. Now it's terminal. So now it's terminal and he's kind of like withering away at this point. He, everyone that is around him and loves him is sitting there watching the whole process. Yeah. Watching like really good friend, great guy done a lot of good things, always been around for people, is withering away. Right. So I was, I think my, yeah, it was my junior year, December 12th, December 12th, junior year, December 12th, basketball season. Mm-hmm. I was at a game. My mom got the phone call that he had passed away. Yeah. You know, tough. It is what it is, but I learned a lot from him and all I could do after he passed was Continue to, you know, live how he taught me. Try to be there for his son. Mm-hmm. You know, learn, grow from it. And it is what it is. Definitely tough. Yeah. Definitely tough. It sits with me. I I do a lot of music about it. That's my that's my form of getting it out. But
0: it's you know it's definitely tough to talk about. I like get. I have this theory. I always tell Rhiannon. Um, I believe that a lot of good art comes from just really bad trauma. Mm so that's all my music yeah. yeah yeah i remember meeting you and you told me how you said you used to be really really depressed oh horrible and horribly i remember when you said that i was just like oh this guy makes good music <laughs> i haven't even heard a song at this point but i was like oh this guy makes good music because yeah. like i, I said I, that's my theory where a lot of good art comes from really really bad trauma which yeah. is how i even started this whole process of Freshbird coffee it was just really just diving into the trauma and just really opening up this vulnerable space because vulnerability is not really something that like people welcome or talk yeah, about. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, especially when it comes to trauma, we're kind of just taught to like suck it up. You yeah, know, use the good old bootstraps for sure. Talk about it. So I definitely, definitely, I don't want us like. I want to go hear yeah. all your trauma, <laughs> but you know, I do have the space open. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing that I think about like vulnerability and stuff Mm -hmm. is to go all the way back. I didn't have a rough childhood. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a rushed 10, 11, 12 year old age. My parents were there. They did a lot of things for Mm -hmm. me. They were very good to me. They still are to this day, but people act like, you know, you have to have a rough start to be a rough person now, which is it's not true at all. It's not true. Some for for some people, nothing even ever needs to happen. They can have insecurities and anxiety, and that stress and all that causes their depression. Right. Or chemical imbalance is a chemical imbalance. You are born with it. You understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what a lot of people don't understand. I don't think I was born with depression. I don't. Right. I think mine came at a three, four year wave. I don't really, I don't think I have depression anymore. I definitely have anxiety. Right. Um, I have social anxiety for sure. The only time I never get nervous is on a stage because I'm doing exactly what I mm. love to do. But outside of that, I mean, a lot of things, the death that I just talked about right. and another death that I experienced, both of those affected me. My high school relationship affected me t- tremendously um i think that caused my my initial what i would say would be my deep depression i definitely went down the rabbit hole 100 mm-hmm. percent went down the rabbit hole the day that i ended that relationship I went and started smoking right. weed i mean yeah i just that my outlet was immediate a drug even <laughs> though people say it's i don't think it's as bad as they say but right i mean it, it's still at the end of the day it is a It's a drug. It's an outlet. It's something people use to get away from their normal conscious thought. That's true. So,
0: um, how you were saying how, you know, what you said really made me think about how society really does kind of create this uniform for depression, where I just said, like, they feel that if you don't have this rough childhood, then oh you can't be depressed you have it all good this is this but then think of how many celebrities yeah kind of just off themselves because they're depressed 100% so there's not this uniform that we all have to fit into like for me I had a rough childhood but I cannot sit here and say that I've been depressed my entire life despite having a rough childhood to where people can have a great childhood and still end up depressed I realized I was depressed probably not I didn't really accept the depression until like maybe early to mid-twenties. That's so weird to say that now. Yeah. To say early, mid-twenties. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, I'm almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, wow, like I'm 29. <laughs> and my, my best friend, his birthday just passed. It was on the 31st. And now he's 29. And I was just like, we met when we were 18. Yeah. And... Yeah. Here we are, one year from thirty. Like I know, I believe it. It's just like what the fuck. Yeah. But depression, like it was about like mid twenties where I realized, okay, I'm depressed. Like I'm not just sad, but I'm highly depressed. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, well, what do I do with this? What do I do with this depression? Mm-hmm. And I immediately just put it all into music. Mm-hmm. Like this is before I had a camera. So, you know, before I was taking photos. <laughs> before Coda Shots. Before Coda Shots. <laughs> before painting. I was in a band and I just put everything into that band. I was just like. Yeah. I was just writing, 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 writing. Because I always wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. But I was like 16 and my mom was just like, a writer? Yeah. Come you? on. Yeah. yeah. She, was like, she was like, you, come on. Uh, go to school. Wow. Yeah. Not not the most supportive, <laughs> um, but I sp- I remember all the lyrics I was writing, and it was so weird. Like letting out every time I wrote a song, I really felt like I was laying that trauma out. So, with your writing process, yeah, how much how much of that applies to?
1: You? Oh my god, <laughs> it's everything. So I'll I'll take it back to the to the start, I guess. Mm-hmm freshman year of college the summer before freshman year of college so 2017 summer and the whole 2018 year was the big start of my fall down my, my deep my deep dive mm-hmm. and I roomed with my buddy Ethan um shout out YGNA Studios uh, at <laughs> YGNA Studios on Instagram anyways um I roommate I, he was my roommate in my dorm and um you know he he listens to a lot of deep you know deeper darker music. Um, he listens to a lot of Lil Peep if you know Lil Peep is a lot of uh, X, um, so like Suicide Boys a lot of these these artists that are either you know talking about suicide, talking about right, doing name. drugs, talking about why they're so sad and depressed, and and honestly people <clears throat> feel. When I would tell people, like, oh, I listen to these people, they'd be like, doesn't that make you sad? And I'm like, actually, it doesn't because they're, you know, this high up. They're making mm-hmm. all this money. They have all these fans, and they still feel this way.
0: No one is safe from the relate. It's, just, a rela-
1: it's a, just such a relation. I can, I can feel how they're feeling, and it'd be mm-hmm. like a whole nother place for me because they're here, and I'm just in this little dorm in Kent State, and I feel the way they do. <laughs> So what makes me different from them? Regardless, that's what got me into music. I started um, pulling <laughs> pulling beats off of SoundCloud. Uh, David Sonia Beats was the first person I started <laughs> going to. And he'd come up dot DavidSonyaBeats.com on every beat on his tag. Oh, God. And it was just like, man, why am I even picking these beats? But I just started writing and I started laying out exactly how I felt. And one time, this is one time I I never ever rap for anybody ever. Mm-hmm. I showed my friend <clears throat> Zach Harris, um, he's a musician too, Jackson Storm. I showed him this beat, and I was like, "Man, you mind if I, you know, show you this song?" He's been rapping for ten years at this point, so I'm just like, "Man, this is <laughs> tough." So I showed him the song, and I don't think I wrote anything, you know, like. Too depressing. I wasn't saying like you know I was suicidal or anything at that point. I was just talking about you know coping with weed and and drinking and whatnot. Um, and he was like, he was like, where did this come from? Like not even talking about the lyrics, just saying like, rapper, like what? He was like, well, let me take you to the studio. And I was like, are you serious? No. Nah. He was like, yeah, let's go. I'll get on this song with you and whatever. So he was the first person I ever recorded with, went to the studio with, anything. And after that, it just sparked a complete catapult into music. I, that's my first introduction to learning how to engineer. I was working on GarageBand. I was yeah. butt cheeks at mixing at this point, but I was writing songs. I made an album called Demons vs Angels. Um, and the first eight songs of it were the demon side. It was sad, it was down. I wrote a lot of things. That my mom didn't like, my dad didn't like. I had a song on there called "Suicide Note," which a lot of people don't know. Oh. That is what I. That's what I. That is the note. That I mean, if I were to do it, that's that's deep. the note. And what actually, again, a lot of people don't understand is that's a thing that saved me, that took me away mm-hmm. from that. You understand what I'm saying? So it was like listening to X, writing that song, kind of took me away. From my depression at the time right so people would ask me like especially from my area
0: right you
1: know like i had gotten phone calls that day and i dropped it like multiple like are you okay hey, are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine what's up <laughs> like <laughs> what's wrong <laughs> they're like well your, your song like your music and i'm like it's just my outlet like and at that point i didn't even want i didn't care about plays i didn't care about listens i just wanted to put it out there right and not only put it out there to help myself but sure. i mean you never know who can hear something i mean that's internet is worldwide yeah and i got dms from people that i have no clue who you are <laughs> from the other side of the country yep. that you know like this song this song you know helped me this song got me to out of this place whatever like i remember the first dm i ever got was from some girl in high school no idea who she was she was like never stop making music and I was like thank you that I mean thank you that's so great but like why like why are you telling me this she's like cuz I listen to your songs and it helped me and I'm just like
0: damn there's a form of comfort yeah and, really and the really only cool person thing.
1: that knows that is Ethan like I will say along the whole process you know all my friends have been there for me hundred mm-hmm. percent from the start you know like keep making music you know like well oh, let me hear your new song Ethan he is above and beyond there for me when it comes to music. Like like I said last night, I put my whole album together. He was up with me till five in the morning doing that. You know, he'll come and watch me record, not even do anything. Sit on his phone on my bed, watch me record. Just to just to sit in there and, and be there. He sat on a on a live stream for I would say three hours while I was at work because he wanted to get this SoundCloud song on the live stream. He he was spamming it in the comments telling him to play it. You know what I'm saying? So that's above and beyond things that, you know, not everybody does. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, he's above everybody else to me. I'm just right. but it, it you know, go it it shows me that you know, I sh- I should keep going and I should, you know, keep this process moving because he's somebody that'll tell me if my song is shit, <laughs> that my song's shit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not every friend will do that. Yeah. But get back to the writing process. Yeah, all these things—you know—the depression, the anxiety—definitely come out in in my music, and people know that.
0: Don't go anywhere in a moment we'll be right back with more fresh fruit coffee hi i'm eric and i'm Aisla. and together we are the hosts of the bicurean podcast let's tell the lovely people what we do that's a great idea Bikerion is our answer to the polarizing nature of our society today. We usually have on very compelling guests that are experts in their fields, and we like to do our own deep dives into a lot of interesting subject matter. And discover what's underneath the rhetoric and reactions that show up kind of everywhere. We also cover a lot of topics, everything from politics to current events to geek culture We find a lot of different compelling things to talk about on our shows. If you are like us and want to explore multiple ways of looking at things, we hope you'll join us. So please check us out on ByKarian.com for current and past shows. And come and be part of the conversation by following us on your favorite social media platform. And now, more fresh fruit coffee with Dakota Patterson. Hello and welcome back to the Fresh Brew Coffee Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Dakota Parison, champ on our socials. I am here once again with my guest, AJ Long. Okay, AJ, so earlier in the episode, you had mentioned the song Suicide Note. Oh, yeah. I want to talk more about this. How old were you when you wrote this?
1: Uh nine, nine, 19? 19, 19. Yeah, I was 19 because it was post. It was 2018 summer. Yeah, 2018 summer. So I was a year out of high school. I was 19.
0: Can you talk to me about the process of writing and recording this? I imagine it was difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. So I wrote the whole song, believe it or not. I was a delivery driver for a pizza shop called Pizza Roma. Shout out Pizza Roma. Um, back in Beaver Falls. Seven, I'm I'm from Beaver Falls, Pittsburgh area. Um, so it's, it's not 412. It's 724, but I still wrote the 412. But yeah, so I would actually write all my songs. <clears throat> I wrote every single song during my shifts at Pizza Because what I would do was I would listen to music on my drives to, drives to do deliveries. I would listen to, you know, beats. I would put on a beat mm-hmm. and then think about it, freestyle something, write down what I liked. So I was, um, I don't even remember the day I wrote it, but I remember... I had woke up at 7 that morning to go. I worked two jobs at the time to work at the gym that I worked at. Um, So I was sitting at the desk all morning, you know, just in my thought Mm -hmm. as, you know, the mornings go. So from 7 to 12, I was there thinking about, man, this day is rough. It's not a good day. Like, I'm just not feeling it. So I was definitely feeling down at that time and added to the deep depression I was already in. You know, the thoughts come come and go. That 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 day they were there consistent. So um from seven to twelve I was just sitting in that and then at one o'clock I was at my next job till two in the morning. So that whole entire day I was doing these deliveries, um, you know, and writing the song. So basically how the the writing for that went was I started out the song with like this is why I'm depressed. Uh, I've been having these thoughts since I was 13. And then, you know, this is how I would do it. You know what I mean? Sorry to my family. I'm sorry to my friends. Sorry to anybody that hears my song. I'm going to kill myself today type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how that writing went. And it was literally every single thought that came into my head. Went onto my phone, every single thought.
0: So this wasn't even just music. This no, was this was real life CSI shit, night.
1: and this was the song. Like you know, the other songs are sad, but this was the song that I got calls for. Like my mom, I'm like, are you okay? And after I wrote the song, like I told you, I was it. I mean, it literally saved me because I wrote it out, and I was like, man, I just can't. Like I'm for one, I'm too young. For two, I know that I'm depressed, but it's not as, being depressed to me wasn't as important to say than being there for my family, being there for my friends. Because I always feel, or I've always told myself that I was the rock of the groups. Ah, You know what I mean? I, I definitely feel like, especially in my family, I've always been the calm, cool collective person right definitely always been the most relaxed not as not as angry not as sad always in a good mood always smiling which was weird for people when I wasn't right know how do you how do you grow up good happy till you hit 12 13 and then then boom switch and nobody even realizes it because you're so good at not showing it how do you, How does somebody even realize it? You have like, and then they heard the song and they're like, "Holy shit!" Like this kid that I've known for seventeen years—not seventeen for nine oh. years, ten years—who I've known with a smile on his face, basketball in his hand, athlete, good student, this, this, that, and the third. On paper, the perfect person. Yeah, to be like how he is. So it affected people more than I expected, mm-hmm. and everybody reached out after they heard that song, just to make sure I was okay. And you know, you tell people, I'm fine. And it was, I was, after yeah. I made the song, it did help. Right. But I mean, depression just doesn't go away, it, Yeah, like the blink of eye. Right. So I definitely still was depressed after making the song, but it definitely did help, because not only did it open my eyes to you know, how I was feeling, right. I think I was finally able to understand it a little better after making that song. What do you mean? So, I never really could grasp the concept of depression. I couldn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, you grow up, and you you know you your smiles on your face. I was in sports every day. You know, three four hours a day. I was in school with all my friends every single day. You know, you you're lined up for the perfect life. Right. But it what I mean it wasn't. It, it was, I didn't feel perfect. I didn't feel okay. Not everybody's perfect. That's what I'm saying, but I didn't feel the way I should or the way people would expect me to feel. So it was weird for me to feel that way. I didn't, I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't understand it. But when I could finally put it out on, on a, on a notepad to say, on my phone notepad to say, and put it out emotionally on a song, put it, hear it, hear myself on an instrumental, hear myself on a beat, hear my own word my own emotion back to me it helped me understand why I even felt this way because I could I finally got my subconscious thought out of my head in a way you answer your own questions exactly so I was able to not only read that back but hear it back and kind of take it at a listening standpoint not even like I'm listening to myself I'm listening to an artist when I listen to my shit, I'm listening to an artist. Right. So when I heard it back, hear the emotion, hear the words, listen to the lyrics, hear how everything's played out. I was able to understand, man, I, I am depressed. Right. And it's something that you either run from or you accept and try and get out of it.
0: Got that. Um, so the entering, the answering your own questions thing, is that, a, is that a certain concept or logic that you apply to different... Aspects of your life or was music the one place where you was able to answer your own questions? I honestly think it's only music
1: that I can do that in, you know, because I what I used to do was just play basketball. That was my that was my outlet then. But it's not the same as getting everything out that you're thinking. So when I would play basketball, it was just that was the running away. I used basketball to run away. I used weed to run away. I used drinking to run away. You understand what I'm saying that's a that's a running away that's a coping mechanism
0: right something that we all get we to all, get away yeah. from it
1: music you you are forced you're forced to think into your own head mm-hmm. and and lay that out regardless if you care that if people are wanting are gonna want to hear it regardless of what pe- other people are gonna feel regardless of anything you are forced to lay out exactly how you're feeling so if I had any other questions I would either ask them on the song, literally, like, why do I feel this way? And at mm-hmm. this point, when I was younger, I was definitely religious. I definitely believed in something. right? And I would even ask, say that. like, w- w- Why? You know, like, if God is real, why? why? Why is this the path that I'm on? You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that was the main questions. And, you know, especially when Matt passed away, right. I was able to answer some of my own questions. Like, Matt passing was like, Okay, why did Matt pass away? Well, did he pass away because, you know, he was just supposed to? That was just his his path in life? Or did he pass away so I can learn something from it, maybe take away some of the things that he lived for and grow, and then pass that message on? Or did he just die to put me in some sort of pain and just feel down? You know, like, if God is real, why is this happening? Especially to... To me. Right. You know, at that point, you have selfish thought. Like, why is this happening to specifically me? You're not thinking about anybody else. Right. Why do I feel this way? So this was definitely the downturn of me kind of stepping away from Christianity, Catholicism, Catholic Mm -hmm. religion. Right. Today, I I don't like the Catholic religion. I think it's very skewed. Mm -hmm. I think it's hypocritical. You know, like, accept everybody, but, you know, don't believe in gay marriage or don't believe in this and that and the third Mm. Mm. like i don't you know it's just not my thing now some religions are great i'm not you know if you want to be religious be religious believe in something have hope that's amazing i think it's hard in today's world to even believe in anything i i definitely believe more now in meditation the spiritual world and things like that you know i i try to get into that my my girlfriend she's huge into the spiritual world she's big on yoga big on meditation she's definitely you know c- catapulted my relationship with meditation now right. um but regardless um that was the big thing early on you know and to move on from that and you know go back to the original question at, at hand um what did you ask me was this the was this the writing process, or did we were on the next question?
0: Uh, we were talking. I believe we were talking about the answering your questions. Oh, answering your questions. That's right.
1: Yeah. So to even get back to the original question at hand, definitely, definitely, music is the thing that has taught me to answer my own questions. Taught me to, um, you know, even accept the person I am. Um, I've had, just like any other person. You struggle with like the identity process right you know they teach that and you know when psychology and whatnot they teach you the identity process and a lot of kids that grow up start to identify themselves around 10 11 12 you know that's like mm-hmm. the okay I'm I'm this or I'm that I you know I knew who I, I knew who I was but I think it was kind of false because at that time I was just a basketball player I wasn't really anything else right You know, this was people knew me as AJ, the Blackhawk basketball player. Right. Um, And that's all they knew me as growing up. So you get you get out of that. You don't even play sports in college. Coaches, you know, fans, whoever are disappointed in the fact that you're not furthering your career. So that hit me and it was like, well, who the fuck am I if I'm not a fucking basketball player? Ah. You know what I mean? So that's when I stepped into music and, you know, I'm meeting all these other people and, and um, meeting all the other people and, and being in different environments and taking things from this environment, taking things from this environment and almost shaping me into a whole other person. So now I've blossomed into this other thing. And right. when you blossom, it comes with almost an identity crisis. So you pull the lingo from this side, you, you take the artistry from this side, you take the process from this environment, you take this this problem from society, you get this anxiety from this problem that you've encountered. So it was I was it was experiencing all these new things and I it turned me into a completely different human at the end of the day. And people weren't ready for that for me. So it was hard for them to understand that I don't give a fuck what you have to say. Right. It was the first time that I had ever been like that in my whole entire life. Music taught me that. That that was a question that I answered. Why do I care about all these people's feelings? Mm. I don't have to. Right. It shouldn't matter what they think. Right. Like fuck, fuck you. Right. If you have a problem with you. yeah, if you have a problem with what I'm doing, fuck you. I don't have to please you. Yes. And that's the thing that I learned because in high school I felt like I had to please people. I felt right. like I had to be the best person ever. Feel so like I had to be AJ Long, the fucking demigod. Whatever I had to be this. You but as. I was. I. I wasn't. Right. I made a lot of mistakes. Right. I did a lot of wrong things that people like don't even know. You know, like like I said, smoking weed, mm-hmm. drinking by myself to ease my thought. Right. Fucking. Probably doing things with women that I probably shouldn't have. Not saying I was fucking like, you know, I wasn't doing that. It was, everything was, but it was just like another thing to cope. You know, I was talking to a a girl to ease my mind, Mm -hmm. get some sense of uh, like care or love that wasn't even real. It was all false. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So I wasn't not talking, I'm not even talking sexual. I'm talking, I needed somewhere where I could feel that I was appreciated. When really, it wasn't yeah. even real. It was, it was fake. It was all fake. So, that's the thing that music has brought me is like you said, it answers all my questions. It's, it's actually unbelievable what it does to, to get me through a day to day process. And it's taught me to be the person I am, to not care. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I care about some things. Like, I won't. It was funny when I, I made one song at the time I was smoking weed, and I put out a YouTube video for this freestyle I had done, and I was smoking weed in the video, so that was a big no-no, my mom, I'm, I'm saying video's out for five minutes, mom called me, you better take that fucking video down right now, I'm like, whoa, 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 why, (laughs) you're smoking weed on the, on the camera, and I'm just like, ah, oh, and then you realize, you know, you made a mistake, ah, okay, (laughs) and then you take it down, so, you know, it's just like, it's taught me to... now I won't do that because, obviously, that's just stupid. And <laughs> granted, I'm not getting thousands and thousands of views to even do that anyways. Right. So, you know, it definitely has taught me to, you know, fuck your two cents. I don't care about your opinion. If I want to make music, I'm going to make music. Right.
0: I recently have been telling Rhiannon how lately... And I it's something I've always believed in, but especially lately, I have just realize and real, not even realize but kind of come to terms or remember and remind myself of the fact that like I'm just here you know I'm not these things that said the identity process yeah you know you hit a stage you start identifying yourself with all these things and you know it's like there's people who identify me as you know a photographer videographer director a painter a writer an artist a host this is this is this, this, this I'm all these things but in reality I'm none of these things. You're just here. I'm just here. Not the other day, um, someone was like, "Oh man, like Champ VX is like the greatest," and I was like, "No, I am merely a human put on this planet without my consent. Yeah. And these things just make it easier for me to get through. Whereas, kind of, just like if I wasn't these things, if I wasn't these labels that I put on myself or I accept, what would I be? I'm yeah. just here. I'm just another person here on this planet, a planet I don't want to be on. I never asked to be here. Yeah. I just one day popped up here. And there's a lot of questions that I have when it comes to this, when it comes to just my existence here. Yeah. And what does it mean? And obviously, I'm an existentialist. Yeah. So none of this shit means anything to me unless I believe it means something. Yeah, give it some sort of meaning. Some sort of meaning. Yeah. And I think in life, we have to kind of convince ourselves that there is a point behind all of this. yeah, otherwise, then we just have all these fucked up questions. Yeah. Like when I think of like all my friends who have passed or family members that have passed, I just said like earlier, when you want to go, well, what about me? Why? like, why am I feeling this? Why am I going through this? Why does this even happen? I have a well. I used to have a lot of death anxiety. Yeah, I've seen so many people die. Yeah, and then just uh, that was
1: my first anxiety attack. Yeah, it's I like just was, knowing. I was gonna be gone. A, I was a sophomore and I called or I was texting my mom during English class mm-hmm. about like dying. Right, the first anxiety attack it was scary as shit. Yeah, couldn't believe it was happening. I, I found
0: <laughs> yeah when I found out that like oh one day we're going to die. I was like wait so we're put here on this planet. Without asking, and then we leave without asking. Yeah, and it's just like, well, what control do I have over? And I think that's why when I was younger, I drank a lot. Mm-hmm. I drank a lot, or I smoked, mm. and like I did these things because I wanted to feel some sort of control over my body. When I was in high school, I used to cut a lot yeah. when I was in high school, and looking back on it, it was. Before, like, when it was happening, people were asked, like, oh, my God, like, why are you doing this? And I was like, oh, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. And looking back, I guess I did all these things. I consumed all these things because I wanted to feel like I had some sort of control Mm -hmm. over my life. Like, I'm put here without asking. I'm going to die without asking. So what control do I really have over my life? And when you talk about passing and you talk about pain and you just kind of ask yourself well why and music answers these questions for you outside of music if you didn't have music who would you be
1: to be honest i'd probably be dead as as hard and real as that is i pro- I, I might not be dead i'd probably be dead right. which is weird but i feel like i could find something i don't know what it would be but I mean, I do video and I'm in school for video, but that's at the end of the day, that's not my it's not my niche. It's not my passion. It's not what I'm great at. I'm better at music. I'm not great at music right. I'm better at music. I'm good at music. I'm not where I can be or where I could be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be weird. Definitely be a different life. I don't think I would have the friends that I would have. I don't think I would have the confidence that I have. I don't think that I would be as okay with my life as I am without music. So it'd definitely be weird. And I don't know if you know. Do you know who Pro Jam is?
0: Pearl Jam? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. No.
1: All right. All the right. Ten, I had the 10 vinyl. Over. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Best so American you're going to understand what I'm about to say. <laughs> my mom and my dad are Pro Jam. You know, they love Pro Jam. Favorite band type Pearl Jam lovers. My mom is obsessed with, With Eddie Vedder absolutely obsessed with Eddie Vedder loves him to death and she was she gets when she drinks she gets drunk Mm -hmm. her immediate go-to is guys we have to talk about Eddie Vedder (laughs) anyways she's you know I don't know as much about him as she does so she's explaining you know all these interviews and these things that she's watched of Eddie Vedder and you know what music has done for him and I feel like in the same light it's on a smaller scale But in the same light, I feel the same way. You know, without music, I don't know who I would be. I don't think I would be nearly as far off in my life as I am without it. And like what Eddie Vedder talks about with his music is, you know, his depression, his anxiety. You know, how he feels about the world, how he feels about society. It all is laid out in every song. You know, every song is 100% real, down to the T. There's no faking in anything that he says. Everything he's, you know, like anything he would say, like, I've wanted to kill myself or, you know, um, just anything. Anything that he's written is 100% real and it helps him. That's how I feel. So on a much smaller scale, you know, you ask me who would I be without music. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't. I don't know who I'd be. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I'd be dead. I, that's just my guess. I would probably be not here. I might not even be in Ken State. I don't. I don't know. I could be fucking in Germany. I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. I can't answer. That's something that I can't answer because I've not honestly. I've never even thought about it. Never thought about where I'd be without music. I just know that I'm here. I make music, and you know, I have these friends, and this is it.
0: Does it scare you, the idea of you not doing music and existing without being the musician source? it definitely
1: does. For one, because I'm older and you get a little older and it's like, shit, this music thing doesn't work out in the next three years. You know, you put a time limit on something. If this music thing doesn't work out in the next three years, like, what the fuck am I going to do? I have this degree. Do I even want to pursue that? You know, it's things like that. And thankfully, I've gotten this <clears throat> engineering position at the studio I'm at. And, um, you know, that's given me this sense of at least I'll have this. At least I, you know, this is my, I can come back to this. If I'm not making a song of my own, I can help others make the songs that they want to make. I can take their, their, um, you know, their creative, bring it to life. And at least at least
0: feel good that they made something. Okay. Final question. Then this is you don't have to answer this. I'm, not, I'm not gonna give you the warning. <laughs> you do not have to answer this. Um. Do you think your life would be different if Matt was still alive? Yeah, hundred percent. Not. What you don't have
1: to go further. Hundred
0: percent. Hundred percent different. Oh, beyond. How do you think it would be different and what do you think Matt is thinking? If you believe people still have thoughts yeah. afterwards. What do you think Matt is thinking when he views
1: your life? Um, to answer the first half, you know, my life is well, I guess that's all the same question. To to think my life would be different, I think it would. I don't think I would be I don't think I would have ever really entered that depression. I think it was definitely him passing that sparked it. So I don't think I ever really would have entered my full depression. I definitely was still sad, definitely still anxiety. I had pressure daily, feeling I had to be somebody I wasn't. Um, so I definitely think I wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been as sad at the time. Um, I probably will, would have still been playing basketball. I probably still would have been a major athlete. I would have pursued a Division One basketball career because I had the opportunity. I, I just didn't take it strictly because I was depressed and I felt the pressure and I just wasn't, I didn't want to do that because I didn't know what it was going to do to me. Um, So yeah, I mean, it definitely would have been different. I would have had that mentor around. You know, I obviously my dad is my main inspiration. Mean, my main inspiration is my father. He's taught me everything. But outside of that, if I didn't have my dad, if I didn't have the man, Greg Long, my father, Matt would have been my go-to father figure, 100%. And he's, I mean, it's even, he's young. So it was, it was, the connection was even more there because he was younger. So he taught me a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, a a lot of the things that I live by to this day, you know, like how I was saying, like not caring and doing what you want and being around the people that you love 24-7, he taught me that because he had to be around the people he loved 24-7. He had no other choice. So to say my life would be different? Yeah, 100%, it would've been different. To tell you what he's probably thinking from the upstairs world, I don't really know. I don't know if he would be okay with some of the things that I was doing. Not to say that Matt was judgmental. He wasn't very accepting. He made mistakes too. He was another human. And I was making mistakes and I'm sure that he was thinking like, you "No, know, why are you even doing these things to yourself? Like, why are you doing that? Like, and I try to look at it now, like, you know, that it'll always be worse. it always be worse. Well at that time you can't even look at it like that. When you're down and you're depressed, like I think this is the worst it can fucking get. You know, I'm having like suicidal thought every night, I'm having a suicidal thought every morning. How much fucking worse can it get? I'm literally in my brain telling myself, I could end my life right now and be perfectly fine with it. How can you say it could be worse? You can't. You can't say that to yourself. And you can't hear anybody else say it. So to you know, like to think about what he was thinking or what he would tell me. It was probably like, "All right, you can you can get through this process. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get to the next stage. You're gonna make it through that. And get to the next part of your life." And I think, you know, I believe that he's, I be- I do believe that he's around. I hundred percent believe it because there's things that I've and I've either seen or endured where if I didn't believe that I wouldn't get through it. So to know, you know, like now that I believe in spirituality and in that in that sense, you know, I believe that his spirit is is at least with me. Um, and I think that not only would he be proud of who I'm becoming, but I think he would be a little bit impressed to see where I'm at now versus where I was. And the last words that Matt said to me was, I love you. That was the last thing we ever said to each other. And that was, I would say, a few days before he died. And I didn't, you know, I knew me and Matt were close. I didn't realize how close because I was younger. But he, when he died, I would say a week later, I got a call from the local newspaper. They were like, hey, we want to talk to you about The passing of Matt Kluca and I was like how did you get my number and they were like well when we talked to Matt he was the person or you were the person he gave to talk to and I was like what the fuck (laughs) like you didn't give your 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 sister or your mom or your dad you gave me like you're asking me when the funeral date is you're asking me when the viewing is I didn't even know yet I had no clue I was only answering, you know, what Matt had done for me at the time. So he's asking, oh, when's the funeral date? I'm like, you're going to have to call Skip. You're going to you're gonna have to call Skip. That's his dad. I don't, I don't know shit. Call Skip. So, I, you know, that's the process. But I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't understand or grasp at the time exactly what our relationship was. I just knew I love that guy. He's taught me a lot of things that I understand of the world and i didn't even cry at his funeral couldn't cuz i couldn't i couldn't even grasp the fact that he would that he had died my mom on the other hand was fucking bawling her eyes out my brother even was crying and i was way closer to matt than my brother was way closer i mean to the highest degree I went to see Matt, and I went to do these things to, you know, to be there for his son. Not to say my brother was in the wrong; he's not, but I was way closer. I even think I was closer than my mom. And it it really sparked me. I when I how I told you I sent that song to my mom and her friends. Um, my mom had told me that after they listened, you know, the next day she called me and she was like, um. You know, my friend was saying, like, I don't think anybody really understands how much Matt's death affected, like, AJ. How much it actually affected him because he puts at least a little hint towards his death in every song. Which I do. And I don't even do it consciously. I, I just write it. It just happens. So to sit here and talk about it, it's like, this is the most I've talked about it in years, the last time I talked about Matt's death with anybody, I, can't, I couldn't even remember the last time I talked about it to this degree. I mean, it, it definitely affected me more than anything could outside of, like, my one of my parents going, which I don't even want <laughs> to get into. <laughs> but, it de- I mean, that's the, the closest thing I can even think to happening that would affect me like this has and my mom, my mom's friend is right nobody no, I don't think really anybody does know what it how it affected me or what it's done to me and for me no, I don't think anybody can even gri- grasp that thing because as much as other people have seen death and other people have died in other people's lives you might understand it a little bit you might get it a little bit but it's still different because You didn't have, you weren't experiencing what I was experiencing with this person. So when people are like, oh, I get it. You know, I understand. No, you fucking don't. You don't get it. Even people that knew Matt and were close to Matt, you can't tell me you understand. Because your relationship was different with him. I'm not going to tell you I understand your situation because I don't. I don't know how you felt about him. I don't know, like, if it was two in the morning and you were thinking about him, what your thoughts were towards it, because they were different than mine. We don't, we don't live the same. We're not the same person. Don't tell me you understand, because you don't. My mom's dad passed away when she was 15. She talks about it. I don't understand that. That didn't happen to me. I can't even grasp that. I don't even know how she got through that. And I think that too gave me a sense of strength. Okay, if my mom can get through that, then I can get through this. And that's when I started to learn to. Okay, Matt's still here in spirit may not be here physical, but he's, he's here in spirit. He's still thinking about me. He's still thinking about his kid. He's still thinking about his once girlfriend. Would have been wife, probably. So, you know, just to think about what Matt's thinking, I can't say that he's thinking he's proud. I can't say, you know, that's what I hope. I hope that's what he thinks of me. I hope I've given him sense, a sense of light still on this world.
0: Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We unfortunately have reached the end. It's alright. I wish we had more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're both acting like we're gonna die now. <laughs> oh, I wish I could just I, stay I a little bit longer. Time. <laughs> I think about that all the time, actually. <laughs> but this is usually the part where I allow you to do your plugs. Okay. And you have people know where to find you. Yeah. And your ventures, etc.
1: Um. Okay. Uh. Where to start? Okay, Instagram and Twitter are the same. It's under at underscore s x u r c e. So what source? Where the O is an X. Um, you can you can uh, check my album out in the here in the next twenty two days. Is it September first? September second? September 2nd. You can check out my album in 20 days. September 22nd, the first day of fall. I'm dropping Fallen Leaves on all platforms. You can go ahead and check that out when it comes out. Um, Don't forget to tap in at YHNA Studios. My boy, Ethan Gilbert. Uh, Other than that, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but thank you, Coda. I really appreciate (laughs) you bringing me on. Um, I met Coda recently, uh, and I would definitely say that good friendship to have Uh, He doesn't even know but he's definitely brought a new a new blessing into my life So I thank him for that and Rhiannon and baby (laughs) Shia. Thank
0: you (laughs) I hope you guys learned something today. I hope this episode has hit you in a way as other episodes have I hope that with this you start to evaluate yourself your life and ask yourself Do you run from the questions that you're afraid to ask? Or what answers do you get when you ask questions? I think it's something that we all go through, but we do not think about or speak about. And I hope that this episode has encouraged you to change that. Because this is what makes us human. And that is the brew of the day. See you next time.